Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider. He is standing by here on the huge show across Michigan. Frank, do you think that was Rodgers' last game in a Green Bay uniform last night? I don't. I think he'll be back next year. As much as he he says it's it doesn't bother him, it is a lot of money to pass up. And, you know, I mean, we just deal with this every year now, right? Like, <clears throat> we're just seeing Rodgers kind of draw out the offseason and get everyone interested in what he's going to do, and then he comes back. And I don't know. I, I just, I'm to the point of, like, I'm not going to believe that he's really stepping away until he does it. So I think he'll be back in Green Bay next year. Maybe not 2024. I don't know. But I think for right now, just it still makes too much sense for both sides. And I think that uh, it'll end up they'll running they'll end up running it back one more time. You know, speaking of running it back, you run back to August. Uh, you and I uh, were one of the few in the media anywhere in Michigan or America that had this optimism on the Lions at one and six. It didn't look like. We were anywhere close. It looked like Dan Campbell, he may be two years and done. Goff uh, shown the door, draft a quarterback, Stroud or Bryce Young, and start over again. And then the Lions decide to finish the season 8-2, and 9-8. and eight. And what a performance last night, especially in the second half, to keep Rodgers and the Packers from going to the playoffs. And I said at the start of the show today, broadcasting across the state, not just because we're here in Michigan, uh, the Lions are a, a top six, top seven team in the NFL right now and not going to the playoffs. I think you're right, yeah. I think I would take them. I mean, let's just look at the playoff field. Definitely over the Seahawks. Def- I think they're better than the Giants. Um, I think they're better than the Buccaneers, for sure. I mean, the Buccaneers are a bad football team. Uh, they've destroyed the Jaguars a few weeks ago, so on, on that side of the bracket, have to pick them. The way the Ravens look without Lamar, I, okay, I'll pick them too. Miami, yeah, of course. So we've already eliminated, what, six playoff teams right there that I would definitely take the Lions over any of them. I, I just think that it's just one of those things where they just they, they dug themselves too big of a hole. They had the one really, really bad game down the stretch against Carolina, uh, and that cost them a playoff spot. But other than that, it was it struck me as really rare, and I mean, not unprecedented, but rare, for a team to feel this good about itself going into the offseason without making the playoffs. And the Lions should absolutely feel great about themselves and where they're heading and what you know what direction they're going in with that, and they had to the season. That was work to be done in the off season. They're going to have to, you know, build up the defense. I think for sure. But I mean, you can see the paths to it, and it's really exciting for the Lions. And I'll tell you this: like I think we can all see this coming. Once we get to August, and everybody's making their predictions. Everybody in the world is going to pick the Lions when the NFC North, like it's some, you know, like shocking, like, here's my sleeper. I'm taking the Lions. Like, everybody's going to do it. They're going to be that team next year. And rightfully so, because you could just see the steps they're making, the progress they're making. And last night, in a weird way, did feel like a passing of the torch almost, in that, you know, it just seemed like the, the Packers, you know, had to have all these questions now. They had this really disappointing season, really disappointing way to end it. Whereas the Lions finish, like you said, Probably definitely a top ten team, maybe top eight, seven, whatever. Whereas the Packers are kind of going the other way, heading into the offseason. And you look at the stage in that game last night; it really felt like a playoff game. It did. Now, again, I'm trying to not be biased. I'm you know broadcasting weekday afternoons all across Michigan, but it had a playoff game feel, start to finish. 
Yeah, and, and that helps the Lions, even if they didn't technically make the playoffs. You're right, that, that was a playoff game last night. And you knew, I, I, I was just so annoyed last week when so many Seahawks people you know, caught you on Twitter or whatever, just conspiracy, like, oh, the, the NFL wants the Packers in the playoffs, and that's why they put them on Sunday night, so they get this easy game against the Lions who won't care. And I was like, hey, has anybody here heard of Dan Campbell? What makes you think that the Lions are going to be laying down in this game, even if they have nothing to play for? Technically, a playoff spot. They have something to play for in that a winning record, knocking Rodgers and their rivals out of the playoffs at Lambeau Field, finishing the season on a high note. There was a lot to play for for the Lions last night, even without a playoff spot on the line. And they played like it. And it's funny. I wonder. I do wonder how they would have called the game if. They were in a playoff, uh, you know, in that win and end situation. Would there have been a flea flicker and a hook and ladder and going for it on fourth and two? It just seemed almost like all the pressure was off and they could just go focus on this game as their Super Bowl almost. And it sure paid off for them. And I think it's going to continue to pay off for them going forward. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com National NFL columnist, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, Kingsbury out as the Cardinals head coach earlier today, GM. Uh, Kime is stepping down, which basically is a nice way of saying he's forced out. They've invested a ton of money in both of those guys and Kyler Murray. This franchise is in disarray. J.J. Watt is done playing uh, Kingsbury. I think we'll get another college job. That's the way it works. You go to the NFL, fail like a saving. Somebody big is going to grab you at the college level if you want to coach. So uh, you have a lot of openings right now in the NFL. It goes back to the Harbaugh story we talked last week. Harbaugh sends out a message about those who stay will be champions. I expect to be the head coach. It seems like he's leaning towards staying at Michigan, no official announcement. And then uh, you get reports that uh, the Broncos are going to interview him this week. So I think you're in Denver, Frank. What are you hearing about the reality that the Broncos could offer Harbaugh the job? Yeah, and I mean, he's, he and Peyton are kind of the two names that – Broncos fans are, you know, hoping for, I guess, because that's the the big, you know, the big score, right? Like, I mean, they they're obviously starting this coaching search, saying, you know, we're a premier franchise, we're going to land a top end head coach. We'll see. I mean, I think they will, just because more than anything, the the Walton money. I mean, they could look. Whatever Harbaugh's making in Michigan this year, I'm not sure. I know he's got like a three million dollar buyout or whatever. They could the Waltons can basically go to Harbaugh and say, what do you want? Double? Okay. That's fine. We don't care about money. We just want to get a big-name head coach in here to turn things around and get the fan base excited again. I think that they will try to make a big splash like that. Now, maybe they, maybe they just prefer Sean Payton. I, I don't think that they go to the Saints and ask permission if they don't know the draft pick cost involved in trading for Peyton and whether they would satisfy that. They know. They know right now how much it would cost if they want to hire Sean Payton in a draft pick trade and they're willing to give it up. So I, I do, I, at this point, I do think one of those two guys gets a job and we'll see. I think Harbaugh's gotten to the point of absolute unpredictability. Who could possibly know? Like the things he says don't really match up with, with, what he's doing. I mean, he would have left last year. Had the Minnesota, by all accounts, every single report, had the Minnesota Vikings simply just offered him the job last year, he would have taken it. He just didn't expect to interview, and that kind of threw things sideways. So I believe that 
the Broncos come to the table and, and they offer him the job and, and enough money, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to predict what Harbaugh would do, but but it's gotten to this point. So I think that I, I think that uh, I think he would leave. But again, I, I have no idea what John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh is going to do. And I'm not even sure Michigan knows. I'm not sure the Broncos know. He's kind of, as you guys know up there, uh, <laughs> he's his own character, isn't he? Yeah, and, and again, you know, he can say a year ago after the Vikings. Uh, whatever happened in that room when he thought he was going to get the job and he didn't get an offer that I'll I'll stay as your coach as long as you want me in here later. Uh, there's uh, yeah. you know the uh, but I think it's the Broncos' money that if they are going to pay fifteen twenty million for a head coach and you're right, do they want to give up any more draft stock after what they gave up to get Wilson? I will say this: the firing of Hackett. You watched how much better the team played. That's just a reality. That was easy for everybody to oh, see. Yeah. So uh, the only job I really kind of feel he's been connected to is Denver because, you know, whether it's Houston, now Arizona, uh, Arizona could be interesting with Kyler Murray, uh, you know, if healthy. Indy, you're, you're a long ways away from competing. Same thing with the Texans. So I would say Denver, but now the opening with Arizona, you have another quarterback who's a potential MVP type of guy and Kyler Murray and Kingsbury, like I said, there'll be a D1 big school that will take him in a heartbeat. That will be a no-brainer He'll, if he wants to coach. Yeah, and I think with the Cardinals, the Cardinals is interesting because of the injury to Murray. Right. All of a sudden he's got an ACL. Does, does he come back the same? And does a new coach, Harbaugh, Peyton, whoever, believe in him as an NFL quarterback? I mean, there are limitations. There, there has been inconsistency. Uh, he, he has some greatness to him at times. But I don't know. It would just depend on, on each coach. And you sitting down and asking, what's your honest assessment of Kyler Murray? And that would determine whether he would take that job. Because Arizona doesn't have a lot going for it other than, I mean, the third pick of the draft, Kyler Murray. But no history. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess he... The opportunity to go there and kind of pay, either be your GM if you're Sean Payton or pick your GM if you don't want to do both jobs, that's appealing because that job's open. But if you look at these openings, and I think they're pretty bad as a whole. Like, if you're Sean Payton and you're, like, gearing up, like, okay, I'm going to get back into the NFL 2023, you're probably looking at all these openings and think, ugh, really? Like, the Colts, like you said, are a million years away. The 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 Texans are just a joke right now. The Broncos have their issues. Like they did play well in the last two games, and that does, I think, really, really help them in this coaching search. But there's not a great opening out there. There's really not. Maybe the Panthers might be the best one. I don't know because the NFC South isn't that good. As far as Kingsbury goes, I don't know. I think he'll he could be an NFL offensive coordinator. Maybe uh, McVeigh really, really likes him. So maybe like if McVeigh comes back, that he's the Rams offensive coordinator or something. But yeah, he could probably go back to college and get a job. But Cliff Kingsbury wasn't a very good college coach. He posted four losing seasons in five years. Like, are we sure we know what we're getting out of Cliff Kingsbury? There's a reason that he jumped at the chance to be USC's offensive coordinator. He didn't think he was getting a big-time head coaching job anywhere else. He was like, USC offensive coordinator? Sure, I'll go for that. And then all of a sudden, the Jets and Cardinals wanted him. So... Cliff is going to be interesting just because I don't, I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's a good coach. He has nothing really on his resume right now that tells you he's a good coach at the college or pro level. And he got that extension, a recent extension oh. to 2027. So uh, he's set for life financially, what the Cardinals gave him. Yeah. Yeah, he could, if he wants to, he's a young enough guy, he could do this. He's just say, you know what, I'm taking four years off, whatever. And then reemerge, and he's, I think he's like 
43, something like that. Like he'd be, you know, I'm not even 50 years old and say, okay, I want to be a coordinator again. And somebody would hire him in the, coach, in the college ranks, and then he has a year as a coordinator, becomes a head coach, or just becomes a head coach in a mid-major or something. There's plenty of paths for Cliff right now. Yeah, he doesn't, if he's burned out from coaching a little bit, he can take a year or two off, and, and I don't think any, I don't, I don't think that would really disrupt him too much because he's still a pretty young guy. He's a pretty young guy, Frank Schwab, youngest columnist in the history of professional football, Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider, joining us. And great news, uh, DeMar Hamlin headed back home from University of Cincinnati uh, Medical Center less than a week after his heart stopping on the field. So uh, what a ride. Uh, what a game for the Bills with the opening kick return. And Hines said, I'm going to get another one. And the emotion of it for Buffalo and uh, just the week and the season in, in the National Football League. Uh, it's been one of the best and worst at times I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it was a crazy ride. I'll say this about the that moment with Naheem Hines. I mean, mm. you can't even script that. Oh, you can't wow. even script that. That was unbelievable and reminded, and I'm sure there's some baseball fans out there, reminded me so much of E. Gordon homering right after his teammate Jose Fernandez's death with the Miami Marlins and E. Gordon's crying going around the, the, the bases. Now, I mean, it, this one is even better because DeMar obviously is recovering. He said on his way home today, he's tweeting about it. The Bills, you they showed that sideline, and it just was—it was something to watch. I mean, just the just the shock and emotion in a good way for that team that had been through so much six days before was awesome. I, I and you just wonder. Look, I don't know that necessarily it's the right thing or whatever to to use something like this as this emotional like touch point, but we see it all the time in sports, and you wonder. Uh, the Bills use this as uh, you know this positive uh, motivational energy going into the playoffs. What a story that would be, huh? The, them hoisting the Super Bowl trophy for Demar Hamlin. You know, oh. what I mean, and it's it's totally on the table for them. You could see yesterday that, that they're going to get a little boost out of this and and come together as a team uh, down the stretch here. Yeah, think about if uh, they're getting ready to get the Vince Lombardi Trophy and Demar's uh, strong enough to be there, and they give it to him to hoist it first. Mm. Right. I mean, that, oh. this is, uh, you, you could just, I mean, that's a Hollywood ending. Right? Uh, that's like, that's I mean, goosebumps right now. And I'm, I'm yeah. not even saying yeah. it's going to happen. It's goosebumps. And I thought the CBS opening into the game yesterday uh, was as good as anything I've ever seen. And it's real. Uh, this, you know, what the training staff did and the, the way the Bills lined up the training staff by name and introduced them like they're introducing a team and the roar of the crowd and Buffalo and America and United. And one thing I said to start this show today, Frank, that no matter what you feel about sports, whether you're a fan of this sport, this sport, this sport, or you don't like this, there is nothing in the history of this country that has united uh, this country, maybe outside of World War II and 9-11 or JFK's assassination. But I'm talking even 9-11 drifted into the sports arena and even World War II, before it started, what Jesse Owens did in front of Hitler in Berlin, uh, the the way sports unites this country, and we don't see color, we don't see what God you worship or don't worship, we don't see your political affiliation for the most part, and and we all just come together. And uh, you know, the week with Demar Hamlin, and I know it's not over for him, uh, but going home and and what it did to. Uh, bring positive news uh, to Twitter, Facebook, and this country. Uh, it was amazing. It was. Yeah, I, I mean, and and to turn, uh, you know, what could have been a 
and it was it was very traumatic and i I'm, you know i don't mean to minimize that but to turn that into such a positive with the eight million going to his toy drive i mean and getting to know damar hamlin and letting people know like some of these you know some of these guys behind the helmets they're they're all real people and some of them are really really great people and i think it's trying to light on damar hamlin and maybe a lot of his nfl brethren of these guys are really good human beings. Like from, I mean, we don't know these guys know them, right? But every account of Demar Hamlin that was written since what happened to him on Monday, last Monday paints him as such a really cool, amazing young man, a bright future ahead of him, whether it's football or not. And like you said, I agree with you. Like sports is the one thing that, hey, you know, I mean, that's the one thing we can we can come together on. And it always doesn't always work that way, but in a situation like this. Everybody was behind Demar Hamlin. Every NFL stadium, you saw signs, you saw people wearing jerseys, you saw like here in Denver, uh, the two number threes, uh, Russell Wilson, Derwin James from the Chargers, came together in midfield, and then they had a the teams had a prayer after that. Like stuff like that is just, I mean, it's it's unique. It's it's absolutely positively unique to sports. Amen. I'm right there with you, Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider, talking about the Lions, the playoffs, Kingsbury, and ending. Uh, with the return of DeMar Hamlin to his home in Buffalo as he was released from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center earlier today. Frank, always appreciate your insight, your opinions. You're different. That's why I love it. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it.